Sabchad gave us, the Jewish people, is they gave us the calendar, the Jewish calendar, which is called Sod HaYibur. The ability to calculate ahead the calendar times is the special kush of Hebrew, which means to plan properly, to plan ahead. And there are people that are good planners, and there are people that are bad planners. So we all have to have, to a certain extent, this property of Yitzhakar, which is not just to think in general, but it's to use our thought to direct and plan ahead our lives. One's whole life. One has to plan. One has to create a calendar. It's called the Vosmani. For instance, an army or in the corporation, everything has to be planned. That's why today everything is computerized. It's all, instead of computerized, it's all Yitzhakarized. To use the word Yitzhakar. It's all thought out. Another important thing about this Hush of Yisachar, that a person that has the Hush of Yisachar is able to use his thought to determine reality. What do we mean by that? There's a famous expression in Hasidut, Tracht Kut Vetzayim Kut. If a person directs his thought, or it's called positive thinking, there's also another very popular idea all around the world that all psychologists know the power of this dictum that thought, the way I direct thought, that influences reality. That determines reality. We call it in Kabbalah, Kivi Avetzomit, or in English it's called conscious determination. In Yiddish the word is Tracht Kut Vetzangut. What does it mean to think? What well, is the ability in the mind to visualize? Just as we said before, that, that uh, thought is the ability to calculate and to plan ahead. It's also the ability to visualize in one's mind, in one's heart, the good, ideal, objective that one wants out of life. And even if a person is in a difficult situation, like a person that's not well physically or spiritually, so we say that by the power of mind, mind rules over matter, and mind can determine reality and change reality. So that's also one of the deep meanings of a person that possesses this mazal of Yisachar, he is able to determine reality through the power of his thought. Obviously, here's another example that you can use it either for the good or for the bad. But what is an example of a person that uses this for the bad? It's like a magician, a chashev kishuf. But we, the Jewish people, use this for the good, and it, it's also very important that of all of the topics in Chazal, in the Talmud, this particular, it's a halakhic concept to calculate the calendar. It's called the secret, the mystery of the, of the Torah, Sod That is this property of thought, and the power of thought that Yisachar possesses. And the third is Zvulun. 
Lewis, the younger brother of Yisachar, made a partnership between them. As we know, Yisachar would study, and Zvodun would go out, and Rosh would travel far distances by sea in order to be mefarnes, to, to bring Zvodun. And, uh, and provide Parnassah for him, both himself and his brother Yisachar. And they made a pact, a covenant between the two that they will divide the reward of the world to come, that Yisachar will go out and bring the Parnassah and, uh, and Yisachar will study in the Beit Midrash. In Chronicles, we find that Yisachar was also a Tamil Chacham. He wasn't just a Socher. Wasn't just a businessman. He also learned a lot of Torah, but nonetheless, he devoted most of his power to traveling and to working and to doing business in mishar. The very word mishar, business in Hebrew, means to circulate, to go round and round, schor schor. That's the meaning of business. It's the ability to to go around and around, and actually we're taught in Chassidut that that ability comes from a very, very high level. It's called Sovev Kolamim. It's from the transcendent, supernatural light of Hashem that the Jew is able to revolve and circulate around and around and do successful business dealings. That's why Jews are good business people, because ultimately we're not conscious of it, but we have our root in Schor Schor, it's called Sovev Kolami. In any event, the Chush of Yisachar is the Chush of Hiluch. It is of Zulun, excuse me, of Zulun, the provider, which is Chodesh Sivan and the Toonim. His Chush is Hiluch. And Hiluch means the ability to walk. So walking means to travel, of course. That's appropriate to what we just said, it's Zulun. Mitzitecha, it says, he's blessed with his going out to do business. But there is much deeper meaning to this sense of hiluch, of walking. And the first thing is to ask the question, why does this sense belong to the month of Sivan? The month of Sivan is the month of the giving of the Torah. I would expect that the person that's most connected to the Torah should be the Masal, reflect the Masal in this month of Sivan. What does it have to do with Tomin? Tomin is under the two tablets, Shneilu Kotabrit. Those are the twins that were given on this month of Sivan. We're told in Kabbalah that those two tablets, those Tomin, the twins of Sivan, are the spiritual two feet that give the Jewish soul the power to Mahalech ben Ha'umdim Ha'elet That's a verse in Zechariah that reads V'natati lachem Mahalachim ben Ha'umdim Ha'elet That you the Jewish people are walkers amongst and between the standards Standards are spiritual powers that are stationary that are relatively stationary unable to proceed infinitely Who are those standards? They are the angels so that even though the angels have their dual spiritual motion, which is called Ratzova Shov, run and return, but relatively in their stable, they cannot advance. They cannot existentially change and metamorphosize 
and proceed to an infinitely higher level of being and of consciousness than they had before. Or as a pure soul is a walker. So what is the secret of walking? Walking is proceeding progress. And not just finite progress. But the fact that the Jewish soul is a walker is infinite progress. The ability to take infinite steps of delug, to skip. Now this power was, is the essential power that is given to the Jewish people in the Torah on Holy Sivan. By those twins, that the twins represent the spiritual feet that take us and advance us in our lives infinitely. By leaps, but it's called by existential leaps, and nowadays in science it's called by quantum leaps. Meaning you know, that a Jew is essentially a quantum phenomenon, and all other things in the world are not quantum phenomena relative to the Jewish soul. That it's always taking existential leaps of advance. That's why the whole Torah Kula is called, all of the Torah is called Halakha. All of the ways, all of the creation of the universe is called walking. The Hashem, as it were, walks in His evolution of creation. But we, in response to Hashem, also are walkers, meaning that we're able to always leap in quantum leaps from level to level. This is the deep meaning of the Mount of Sivan and the Tu'umim as well as says that there's something about the feet that can only work together. The two hands are not partners in the way that the two feet are partners. With the two hands, even though they also very often we do things together with two hands, but each hand can also work by itself. There are many things that people do just with the right hand or just with the left hand. They needn't necessarily work together. Whereas the partners, the Tomim, the twins are the partners that they only can operate as a pair are the two feet. But you can't walk with one foot. Even skipping is a power that requires the partnership, which is called the twinship of the two feet to progress. So once more, the deep meaning of this sense of Sivan is the power of the soul to progress and change to change positively, to change totally from extreme to extreme. That's called Husha Hiluch. That we are called the Mahalchim. We're passing through, we have these stationary energies all around, like angels all around, and we walk through the angels. That's called Mahalchim Ben Now comes the fourth. The fourth is Ruvain, who is the first tribe to be born. It's the month of Tammuz, the beginning of the summer months. It has to do with the south. The south also, all of these months of the south are specially related to, uh, to South America, south of the equator. Because these are the south months. Ruvain, Shimon, and, uh, and God. So the first, we'll try to do now a few together in order that we'll be able to uh, to complete this. Definitely the first two sons 
and the senses that they represent of the eye may not go together. One is to see and the other is to hear. These are the common, these are two of the common senses. When we use the word sense, we think naturally of five physical senses, which are sight and, and hearing and smelling and tasting and touching. So all of these senses do appear here in the twelve. This is the first of the five, the first two of the five, of the five normal senses that appear here in the full array of the twelve senses of the year. Now these two senses go together, just like these two tribes, the first and the second, Ruven and Shimon, whose names literally, these senses most literally, more than all of the other tribes, come from the name of the tribe itself. That Ruven literally means to see, and Shimon literally means to hear. What does seeing imply more than, than just the physical ability to see? Eyesight. Seeing is also, as we said before, when we talk about thinking, that one can project energy from thought by thinking good. One can project that mental energy on the pain or screen of reality and thereby change objective reality. Through the eye also, the way one looks at something, one has the ability to influence that which he looks at. When we think about thought, so the idea, the basic idea is tracht good, design good. When you think good, it will be good. When you visualize and think good, say good for what I want to be good, which is called tov hanireva hanigleh, that things should be good in the way that I understand and experience them to be good. Because from God's perspective, everything that God does is good. Just I don't always realize and experience the goodness. That I should experience the goodness, that's called Tovani Revanikle. What about having positive influence on other people that they should become better? Let's say that I, I see, I see a, another Jew or even another non-Jew and he's not, either he's not well physically or even worse, he's not well spiritually. I see that, that he needs to change. The third sense or talent is the ability once more for me to change. What about helping someone else change? Even sometimes a doctor says that one of the people that needs a deep spiritual sense of sight is a doctor. Because in the Torah it says explicitly that the Kohanim or the doctors would heal through sight. Through the powers, just like another X, all kinds of radiation, we'll call it. So the real radiation, the healing radiation, came from the eyes of the of the Kohanim, of the doctors of Ra'ahu Hakohen. Once more, we talked a lot in Kabbalah and especially in Hasidut that if one has a good eye, this is called you know that there's a good eye and there's a bad eye. If one has a good eye, one is a source of blessing to other souls. A bad eye can be the very opposite. With a good eye, if we look at a, a person, let's say a bad person, but we find in that bad person, with our eye, we look at one little good point that he has. So the power of the eye is to identify good, the power of the good rectified eye to identify good, and to bring out good, 
and to raise that other soul, that other individual to a higher level to help him say do tshuva or physically to help him physically become better to become healed that's the good eye now the good eye also depends upon what's called shmirata inai which means that when bad things appear before in the once more the screen of reality that I go out in the street and I there's good things and bad things the eye does not look at the bad things only looks at the good things and so this all has to do with the rectification of the power of sight and the, the, once more the power of sight has power has tremendous power to it that sight now we'll go to the corresponding power of hearing the basic difference between sight and hearing is that sight is an outward force, even though physically one thinks of sight also is just receiving light rays. But spiritually sight has an outward projective force to it. Whereas hearing is really the integration of reality. That sense which, which, which integrates, which, which absorbs it's more he- hearing is the ability to absorb outside stimuli. There are all kinds of stimuli in the outside world. The sense of hearing abstractly is the ability to absorb, to differentiate. It's called berur, to clarify, to distinguish between good things that enter from the outside. As we said before, eyes it's much easier to turn your eyes away from a bad thing and just focus and look at the good thing. But ears pick up everything, all of the vibrations. You can't turn your ear especially to one thing, but what the ear does have, it has an inner power to distinguish and differentiate and integrate only the good things. The rectification of the ear is not to listen to the Shon Hara. Not to listen to the Shon Hara about other people. Why, why do we, how do we know that this is the month of Av? Because what happened in the month of Av? It's the fifth month now. The month of Av is the month of destruction. Why did the destruction take place on that month? Because the Jewish people listened to the Shon Hara, which is called the Chet of the Maraglim, of the spies, that they came back and they spoke badly about the land of Israel. And the whole Jewish people picked up, this is called hearing, they heard this, the Shonara, and they absorbed it. And that is the reason for the, for the destruction. It's once more, the sense of hearing spiritually in an abstract sense is what stimula, what stimuli from outside reality to absorb much more. We hear it all, but we have to clarify. We have to make distinctions, and some things we have to integrate, and other things we have to discard. So these two senses go together. Seeing is positive influence, a power to positively influence other souls, to heal even other souls. And hearing is to differentiate with regard to reality. By my own differentiation, that I accept and absorb good things,
and reject the bad things, so rejecting that bad thing also nullifies it in the outside world. And if you want to, if you speak to me the Shonara and I'm not willing to hear it, so that also will make you stop speaking it. Because it, it is of no use, of no advantage whatsoever. Once when these two are complementary Hushim, just like the two tribes, and even Kabbalah were taught that these two months of Tammuz and Av go together, they both have to do with the destruction. There are two months that go together, Tammuz and Av, and once more, it's either the bad eye, that's the destructive power of Tammuz, which is also the eye that looks for bad things, and the bad ear that wants to hear bad news. It's more the rectification of the ear, somebody that's born in Av, it's very important what radio channels he listens to, what he picks up, what he wants, what he desires to pick up. If everybody would turn off the bad channels, then those bad channels would cease to exist. So the power to turn off the bad channels is the power of hearing. It's called the month of Av. And now we're coming to the month that we're presently in. I'll say another very important thing about uh, Mazalot, and Mazal is not just the, just related to your birthday, it can be related to other very important things that happen to you in your life. For instance, your anniversary, your wedding. A person could be born in a certain month, and the, the, then he's especially related to the Mazal of that month. But if he's married in another month, then the couple together have a new mazal. Because the couple is like a new birth. They're now born as a couple. Before each one was born as an individual. And now they're born together. So together this couple has the mazal of that month. It's a very important thing. That's why the, the Rebbe himself, the Baba Rebbe said that just like one should celebrate should be conscious of his birthday, he should also be conscious of his, of his wedding anniversary. It's very, very important. So why am I mentioning that now in this month of, uh, of Elul? Because also it says in Kabbalah that Elul is the most ideal month to get married. The Mazal is Mazal Betulah. It's a month that the initial letters of the verse in the Song of Songs, Ani Lidodi, the Dodi Li spell Elul. This is the month that I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. Now, the Hush of this month is the Hush of the Shevet God, which is Nitzuach. Sometimes Nitzuach is referred to in Sefer Yitzirah simply as Maaseh. The Hush, the talent of action. What does Nitzuach mean? Nitzuach means orchestration, like a conductor of an orchestra. If someone is running a big corporation, like you have a big business that many people are working under you, so you have to have this hush. Now the word ma'aseh in Hebrew means to fix. To do in Hebrew la'asod is litaken, to fix, to rectify something. What is an example of a person that has this hush? 
the Hushani Tzua. So there's a classic example that sometimes your, uh, your washing machine breaks. So there are two possibilities what to do. You can either throw it out and buy a new washing machine, or you can have a desire. I will say another very important thing about Ahush. If a person has a Ahush, it means he has a very strong desire to do something. If something broke, so there are people that like to fix things. There are people that don't like to fix things, that prefer to throw them out and buy a new one. There are people that if, you, if it's still possible to fix it, they have once more this desire, this drive to fix. And that drive to fix is the person that has a hush of this month of Elul. That's why this is the month of fixing all of our, all of our blemishes and wrongs that we've done in the previous year. In a certain way, it says in Kabbalah and Chassidut that the month of Nisan is beginning anew. Ha-Kodesh Azelachem, Rosh Chodashim, Chodesh means new. means that I don't have to think that I'm fixing the old. And we said that there are two cycles in the Jewish year. One begins from Nisan and the other begins from, from Tishrei. But the preparation for Tishrei is Elul now, is that the cycle of Nisan is starting anew. Whereas the cycle of the year of Tishrei is repairing, <coughs> repairing the old. Once more, you can either start anew or you can repair. Now that hush that I can repair and I like to repair, I get a kick out of repairing. A calf, it's called in Hebrew, that I enjoy. I enjoy repairing. People that don't, if you have a hush for something, you enjoy it. So to enjoy repairing is this, is this month. That also means that a person that is a conductor, as we said before, I so say you have a lot of people working under you, that you're a boss. So the hush to conduct properly all of the people in the company or all of the players in the orchestra is this hush. This is called hush anitzuach. What happens if someone is not working properly? So once more, there can be a, a boss in the company that if one of the workers doesn't work properly, so he just fires him. But if that is taken to the extreme, then he will wind up by firing everyone. And he won't be left with anything. Meaning that a person that has a hush to orchestrate also must have a hush together with it, that this is basically the same hush to repair, not to immediately give up on some bad part of the orchestra, but to see and try as hard as possible to repair. That is this hush. Now there's one very, very deep thing, about the fact that this hush is the mazal of Betula, which, which means the virgin, that that thing that seems to be irreparable is if a, this is a symbol, if one has blemished one's inner spiritual virginity. The Torah says that tshuva can even repair that that one can return to a virgin state. 
vis-a-vis God. This is called only if one does higher tshuva. Lower tshuva cannot make you turn to be a virgin. But higher tshuva, which tshuva mi ahava, but tshuva mi simcha, you know that the Baal Shem Tov and the first Rebbe of Chabad were born on the same day in this month, Chayalur, next Shabbat. And the Baal Shem so said that the reason they was born in this month is to bring Chayut and Simcha into the service of Tshuva. And when one has Simcha, that's called higher Tshuva, then one can even repair a blemish as though a woman is no longer a virgin, she can return because Ima, isn't it? now I'll use the terminology of Kabbalah, higher tshuva is called Ima Ila, the higher mother, is continuously at one at the same time, a wife and a mother and a virgin, all at the same time. That's one of the deepest secrets of this, of the ability to repair in this month of Elul. So once more, someone that's born in this month, or someone that was married in this month, has this chush, uh, again, if you're not yet married, so it's easy to throw away broken things. If you get married and have a, have a home, so as people know that are married, you have to have this chush to repair, not to throw out the broken machine, and not to throw out the broken spouse. <laughs> as people that don't have this chush, it's very hard to remain married for a long time. If you have a desire to throw out something that doesn't seem immediately to work right, you have to have this chush of ma'aseh, which is called tikkun. The next, which is the seventh of the tribes and the seventh of the kushim, is that of Ephraim. We know that all sevens are dear, and that's why the seventh month is a very special month of the year Tishrei. Seven also means to be satiated. It has the most mitzvot in it, most special, unique mitzvot, of any month of the year. Its chush is touch. Touch also implies marital union. That's why Ephraim means to reproduce. Hmm? Ephraim, the tribe of Tishrei, means to reproduce. In Kabbalah, all of the holidays of Tishrei are all a series of steps towards marriage and reproduction. The ten days of tshuva are called his left hand. The left hand of the of the groom is beneath the head of the bride. Then the festival of Sukkot is called his right hand embraces me. And then Hoshana Rabbah, the last day is called the secret of the spiritual kiss. And then the actual union itself is Shmini Atzeret and Simchat Torah. And it's all to give birth to new souls, to bring new souls into the world. It's the secret of the whole month of the holidays of Tishrei. Now this is called the, the Chush of Touch. And Touch means in Hebrew, in addition to the simple ones more, everything has its very simple outer physical meaning to it, but it has its inner spiritual meaning. Touch means it's something, like we used to say the idiom even in English or another language, something touches me. When a person is very close to something, 
that it moves me. Like if you went to some uh, concert and it was very, very moving. So that's called Nogea, though that it touches him. In a certain way, this is the deepest sense of the soul, because it means that this is a person that is very, as these two brothers are two forms, plus do them both together, Ephraim and Menashe, which are Tishrei and Cheshvan. These are two senses or talents of sensitivity, of deep sensitivity. The touch, the secret of the touch is the sensitivity to the other. The sense of smell, which is Menashe, Menashe is a permutation of the word Neshama. And Chazal say Neshama is the soul. And Neshama is from the word Neshima, which is breath. And Chazal say the one sense that the soul experiences and enjoys more than the body is the sense of smell. What is smell? Smell also means a deep affinity and sensitivity to pick up other other souls and other things that happen around you that are neither visible nor audible. The sense of smell is called the sense of the Mashiach. Even though we said that all these senses together are called Hushim, Otiot Mashiach, it's all Mashiach. But the one special sense of the Mashiach is the sense of smell. How do we know that? Because there's a verse, an explicit verse that reads in Isaiah about Mashiach, that he will smell in his awe and fear of Hashem. He will not judge by what his eyes see, nor will he chastise by what his ears hear. But Morach, the expression of Chazal, the idiom of Chazal is Morach Ledayin. He will judge by odor. If two people come to the court, it's like a judge in the court. So the Mashiach doesn't have to see you, and he doesn't have to hear what you have to say in your testimony. He doesn't have to even hear witnesses. What witnesses have to say, which is the normal way in this world, in this order that we're in, to judge. He just has to smell. So what does it mean to smell? It's obviously not just physical smell. Smell is is the ability to pick up, is the most sensitive of all senses to pick up inner subconscious properties of the soul, of the other. These two senses are two forms of sensitivity. The first is touching, which is especially the sensitivity of how to relate in a close, intimate relation with another soul, which is the sense of marriage. And the second is the ability to sense what's really there we'll call it behind the scenes in another individual, to sense his subconscious, to smell his subconscious, to smell his merits and his blemishes. 
Sometimes there's an idiom, say in English, to read the other person properly. Much better than he can, than he knows himself. And if, if there's a sensei of a, a psychologist, a good psychologist, that is sensitive to the spiritual states of other people and picks them up more than the person knows himself, for that reason you go to a psychologist. So that's someone from Cheshvan, from Menashe. Yosef is the father of both of these. Both of these states of sensitivity is the tzaddik. So it's also taught in Kabbalah that the ideal psychologist is yourself. That's why he's a dream interpreter. What does it mean to interpret dreams? Dreams also have to do with the next month. Maybe we'll go now all three together. The next one is Binyamin. Kislev. Binyamin is the sense of sleeping. What does that mean? What does it mean the sense to sleep? So it has many deep implications. One is the sleeping is entering into a state of tranquility. Rest. What do you go to many times to go to a psychologist? Some people seek this in all kinds of forms, even a foreign meditation to achieve inner peace or tranquility. The ability to be tranquil is the sense, the ninth sense, the sense of being Amin. It's also the sense of dreaming. The stone of being Amin is called Achlama. There are twelve stones on the breastplate on the ocean of the Kohen Gadol. The stone of being Amin is Achlama, which means to dream. All of the dreams in the Torah are all in those Torah readings that we read on the Chodesh Kislev. We're taught by the Alter Rebbe that the cycle of the Torah readings correspond to what is happening in the spiritual world and what is happening down below. All of the dreams are all concentrated in the Torah readings of Kislev. Yaakov and Yosef and the, the two officers of Paro and Paro it's all there all of the dreams because this is the month of dreams dreaming has also medical positive effect to it because the word to dream in Hebrew also means to recuperate Hachlama there's something that recuperates a soul in dreaming. Obviously, there's much, much to speak about dreaming. That would be a whole, uh, whole talk by itself. But we have these two tribes that have to do with two states of sensitivity, which is touching, which is especially marital sensitivity, and smelling, which is the ability, like, of a good psychologist to to smell the soul of the other person. And that's the, the special hush of the Mashiach. And there is this hush of resting. We'll say another very beautiful thing about the hush of sleeping, which is resting. The Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say, why do I have to sleep so 
so shortly that for me it's good enough to sleep maybe just two hours a night or maybe less and such was said by other very great sages that they they slept very little it's called Mi'ut Shina so the Rebbe would say that I have a hush for sleeping a hush means if you have a hush one of the meanings of hush is quick chish maher just as we said before that if you have a hush for something then you enjoy it you have a a desire you also do it if you have a hush for something you do it quickly so the Rebbe said that I have such a good hush for sleeping that I can sleep a lot in a short time that's also a person that comes from the tribe of Binyamin or Kislev. He has a hush for sleeping well. Let's say another thing about sleeping. It says, even the Rambam says, that a person that's totally devoted, where do we test that a person is totally devoted to Hashem? So the example is a soldier. It's something that's brought very often in Hasidut. That you see if a soldier is a real soldier when he's sleeping. You can see when he's asleep that he's ready to jump up if it will be needed for him to now serve to do something. He's serving his king or master in his sleep. Because first of all, he's, in the, he's sleeping in the first place in order to renew his, his powers. And also whilst he's sleeping, during his sleep, he is unconsciously st- in a state of serving. That's the ultimate serving. That's once more, that's another aspect of the hush of sleep.